0: legally barred from gathering inside of their places of worship. A few church leaders have criticized Governor Holcomb for not doing some, as some other states have, labeling church services as essential activity. The governor says he is not backing down. This disease does not care. This disease will prey on their vulnerable. This disease will prey on large gatherings. We have it within us to prevent that last weekend a Church of Christ in Hammond Indiana received a citation for holding a Palm Sunday service in violation of the state's stay at home well there you go there you have it well I hope you hope you are listening to these 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 uh, these um, edicts from governors and and those that run their states and I hope you are hearing how uh, you know this this thought that the church is not essential well, let me tell you something the church is central. To a community the church is central not essential just needed but it's in the middle and they want to continue to to put it on the outskirts of the city something far something far removed from the central of community what is what is at the central is safety. What is essential is the science. What is central is is our, ourselves that we must protect ourselves. No, no. We we have the church that is essential because the church is the center of the city. The church should be the epicenter of everything. And so I'm going to be again discussing. Uh, important issues regarding Jesus and the cleansing of the temple, which is his most provocative move as a political leader. And uh, so again, welcome to Prophetic Whispers. I pray that you enjoy this session with me and um, let's get after it because this is, this is a new look for some of you at the cleansing of the temple. I think it's impossible to, to make too much of the temple in the century, in the first century Jewish Palestine. Jesus' action in the temple, perhaps his most important political gesture and likely caused his death the temple was the central figure of the nation it was a political territory military fortress and a national temple listen this is important for you and i to understand the importance of the temple the importance of jesus going into the temple and going right into the political territory going right into the military fortress and going into the national how the how the nation views um, God and how the nation's uh, culture has affected the temple. That's what you have to. That's what you have to grasp. From this story, many of us that come up through the Pentecostal flannel board uh, teaching, or or you know the uh, Veggie Tales, you know if you if you my kids grew up on Veggie Tales, we grew up on the flannel board Jesus Sunday school. You never you you saw this idea of a man just walking into this this church and turning over tables because people were misbehaving in church. What this is a picture of. Okay, in Scripture and in historical context, is you have an entire, you have an entire nation that that its symbol, the temple, was now being turned over, and the question is why? Because there was a kingdom that was coming, there was a new king that was being established in the minds and the hearts of. Israel and Jerusalem and what was going on in the temple was 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 contrary to the teachings and contrary to what was acceptable at the time of Christ, and in the Torah, and in the law, the money changers, the money changers—what was that mean? The changing of money—that meant that foreign gods and foreign money from different, um, different uh, ideologies and different idols, their currency was being traded within the church system, within the temple system. The doves—the things that they were doing—was totally, totally, completely pagan, and Jesus was not. Having it, he was not having it, as as we will see. What I want you to understand is the temple of the day was so large that they employed over twenty thousand people in there. Think of this: a business that had over twenty thousand. This is how large it was. There was room for there was room and protected by six to seven hundred soldiers, Roman soldiers. Again, why to protect the citizensry, to protect law and order there. It was a military fortress too because they would centralize some of their military there to protect the national temple. This is what's important for you and I to understand that Jesus comes in and makes the most provocative, the most absurd, the most astounding move ever. He goes into their the jaws of death, if you will, and begins to wreak havoc on their system, what they've made. Uh, what they made of the things of God what they made of temple what was the temple for what were the laws and the rules the cleansing and the whole nine yards was all being culturized from pagan worship what they've allowed it's kind of like today some of the things that we've allowed in the church in the name of of um, what we call cultural relativism you know uh you know like i said we got our we got our video we got our movie screens and we got our skinny jeans and our tight shirts on and we got and we got all this and and, and we got it all together now okay We've thrown out modesty. We've thrown out so many things that, that uh, uh, holiness and righteousness and, and, and biblical conduct. We've thrown all those things out the window in order for us to exchange on the market. Okay, To be acceptable by the culture. To be acceptable by, by, by society. And again, we have to take a good look at... Our churches today—we have to take a good look. You know, we got so many churches now, and it's infiltrated. And there's some things going. On. I'll do this on another on another level. But this Sunday, um, in a Catholic church in uh, in New New York, their 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 priest made them recite a edict to the BLM movement and an edict to social justice. What what? You know, that was equal to their baptism to the church that was equal that they're going to change the culture of their church. So it's more accepting and more acceptable. This is absolutely absurd. I think Jesus needs to turn some tables over in the church. It's time for us to realize there's a cleansing coming to the temple and it starts with us. Watch this. I want to start with this, um, this, awesome story, John 2, 18 through 20. It's the end of Jesus turning over the temples, okay? Because the first thing the Jews do to him, they ask him, by what uh, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? What's Jesus answers the Jews because they're saying, by what authority? He says, what sign do you do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, "'Destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up.' Then the Jews said, "'It it has taken us forty-six years to build this temple, "'and you will raise it up in three days?' But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said it to them. And they believed the scriptures and the words which Jesus said. Again, this is prophetic. They they were totally on the opposite end of the spectrum. Jesus said it so that when his body rose again on the third day, his, his, his disciples said, Oh my goodness that scene that he pulled in the temple we are full, we are walking in that fulfillment when he rose from the dead on the third day the temple so the temple goes from a physical place to a physical body to a spiritual body very important for you and I to understand so now let's look at mark 11:15 through 18 now it's important for us to understand that the synoptic gospels the gospels Matthew Mark Luke and John they all have a piece in this. They all record this, okay? Mark says says it this way, so they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers. There it is, the foreign currency, foreign gods being perpetrated in the church foreign money, that's important for you to understand, and the seats of those who sold doves, in other words, whoever was sitting, whoever was sitting making these exchanges did not belong there, see there are things that we we have have allowed in our church that don't belong there, we've gone to the secular world, we start doing things that they do, copy them, um, you know, whether it's business models, and, and we lose the DNA of the church, and God, Jesus comes in, and he just starts saying, even the ones that are sitting in those seats and sold doves, and he would not allow anyone to, carry wares through the temple then he taught them saying is it not written my house shall be called a house of prayer but you've made it a den of thieves now understand what that word den of thieves means it's it's the idea that thieves can actually come to the church or come to the temple and feel no sin or no conviction that they are perfectly comfortable in the church system that's that's devastating. That's a devastating indictment. Now watch this. I'm going to show. I'm going to show how this all ties up. Um, this statement, den of thieves. Okay, and how important it is. And the scribes and the chiefs heard it and they sought how they may destroy him, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his teachings. When evening had come, he went out of the city. Now, why would the why were the chief priests and and the scholars and, and and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and, and the Herodians, why were they all um you know afraid of Jesus? Why didn't they try something? Because the people were astonished at his teaching. He captivated the hearts of people. He was a political entity. He was moving the hearts of people towards. Yahweh towards God and out of their temple system. They were losing taxes. They were losing offerings. They were losing popularity. And they that, is, that doesn't bode well for anybody that's running for office. Anybody that's trying to control people. They need control of people. And Jesus was taking them right out, sweeping out from them. But they couldn't touch him. Why? Because the people were astonished at his teachings. But they wanted to destroy him. Sound familiar? Okay. Now Matthew, Matthew 12, Matthew 21, 12 through 16 says it this way. Then Jesus went to the temple and drove out all those who who bought and sold in the in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold the, the doves. And he said to them. It, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Then, now watch this. Then the blind and the lame uh, came to the temple and he healed them. Now listen, could it be the reason we've lacked so much power in our church, so much authority in our church is because of what we've allowed in and how we've allowed... People to be comfortable in their sins, that a cleansing of the temple has to take place before there could be a release of power, dynamic power for the lame and the blind to see and the lame to walk and many be healed? Is it because we have a uh, we have a sympathetic church to the culture that we have no more power yeah we teach well we you know we 're insightful we're we 're etymologists we we know how to use words we we know how to use um, all the graphics on the wall're techno our, our technology has replaced has replaced human creativity you know we 've done all these things and um, we have no power we have no power okay i i 'll get off another i 'll get on another th- Another um, uh, thing on divine healing. But when the chief priests and scribes saw how wonderful things he did, the children and the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna, thou son of David. They were indignant and said to him, Do you hear what the people are saying? And Jesus said to them, You have ears and you've never... Yes, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. So when they begin to connect David, the greatest king, okay, the greatest king of Israel, a political entity, and they connected Jesus to him, it was a huge, threat. the babes acknowledged, the babes acknowledged the wisdom of the children to see through all the muck and mire that Jesus was the son of David, watch this, then he left them out in the city to Bethany, and he lodged her. what was that, that was a drop, That was a a mic drop moment, okay? That was a mic drop moment, okay? So, again, you have to see the power of this walk into the temple. It's not just that he got mad because, you know, they weren't doing church right. He was making a statement uh, about a message that was total... Totally against the Torah, the law. Disrespectful. The accepting of foreign money. That's again. That's that's huge. Okay. Becoming culturally relative and allowing other nations to infiltrate and and penetrate the the thinking of Jerusalem and its temple was unacceptable. Okay. When you look at nine, When you look at uh, Luke chapter nineteen forty. 45 through 47, it it reads it this way. Then he went to the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house shall not be called, my house is a house of prayer, but you've made a den of thieves. And he was teaching daily in the temple, but the priests and the scribes and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him and were unable to do anything, for all the people were very attentive. Wow. This is the power. This is the statement. This is the statement of the kingdom of God. This is the statement of God coming in and shaking the nation through Jesus and his political movement through the kingdom of God. Going into the temple, okay, and changing the hearts of people. Influencing the people out of a system that was ungodly and a system not approved of God. This is very powerful. Jeremiah 7, 1 through 8. Listen to this because this is in context. I'm giving you all this because it's context. So you can't sit there and say, you can't sit there and say, well, I, I didn't know that that existed. Many people don't even know what's in the Old Testament and how, and how Jesus referred to the Old Testament and how we used and how we knew the word of God and how the word of God is powerful and, you know, like. Paul Paul writes to Timothy: All scriptures is inspired by God. All scriptures is inspired by God. Jesus proves that. Watch this: the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, "This 1 through it." Now, this is this is powerful. Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, "Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah." who enter into the gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words, saying, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between men and his neighbor, if you do not oppress a stranger, the fatherless, and the widow and and shed innocent blood in his place or walk after other gods to your hurt then I will cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I have given to your fathers uh, forever and ever behold listen to this behold I trust I trust in lying words that cannot profit okay will will you steal will you murder will you commit adultery swear false Swear falsely, burn incense to Baal and walk after the gods whom whom you do not know. And, the, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations. Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I, have seen it, says the Lord. So here you have... An old, an old Jeremiah. This this is a feared chapter to to the uh, Church of Jerusalem or the Temple of Jerusalem because this is fulfillment. These are the exact words that Jesus was saying. This puts in context what was going on at that time. Okay, this is this is something that was just totally unacceptable. The eyes of the Lord have seen it. What has He seen? Huh? He's seen the den of thieves. He's seen how they begin to look at the temple, how they begin to try to profit from the temple, how they open it up to all free comers, and any and everything's nearly willy You know, all, all this. This is just an absolute, um, amazing contextual scripture for the political pull that Jesus did to it. Okay. Jesus walks in and he blows them up with Jeremiah 7. They all knew it, but they couldn't do anything about it. Why? Because of the people and the heart of the people. They were following Jesus. They were astonished at him. And one, uh, I believe it was Luke that says, and he taught there daily, which meant that there were thousands and thousands of people. Okay. Again, what's important to understand about this the fear of the people the people were the people were constantly on the minds of the system of the day the pharisees the sadducees the herodians um though they were all concentrated because the people uh were following jesus and they were what they were they were fearful of losing their influence People that are afraid to lose their influence will begin to play a cowardly game of politics. The things they won't say because. Why didn't they just if Jesus was so wrong, why didn't they just get him there? Because they, because of politics. Come on. Why did Jesus walk into the temple? Because of politics. The politics of heaven. Huh? Why did he, turn, why did, why did he destroy their stuff? The reason he destroyed his stuff? Because it wasn't God's stuff okay I love what mark eleven thirty two says but if they but if we say uh from men he's talking about John the Baptist, okay Jesus and John, this is a discussion with John the Baptist, this is how Jesus began to play both sides, but if we say from men he's talking about the baptism of John the Baptist, was it of God or not of God okay mark eleven thirty two says but if we say from men, they fear the people. For all counted kind of John to have been indeed a prophet. So they, so they answered and said to Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus answered and said to them, well, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Boom. Okay. Boom. Drop the mic right there. Okay. You want to play games with Jesus? There you go. Jesus checkmated him. Mark 12, 12 says, this is about the wicked bindresser. dresser. And they sought to lay hands on him, but feared the multitude for they knew um, he had spoken the parable against them. So they left him and went their way. Boom. There's another one. The multitude. Understand multitudes. Okay. I can not emphasize this. A multitude is designated in the Bible for too many people to count. Matthew 21, 24, says this, Jesus said to them, have you never read the scriptures? The stone which the builder rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our sights. He quotes from Psalms right there. Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to another nation bearing the fruits of it. And whosoever falls on this stone will be broken and whomever it falls on whoever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Now when the now when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard this they perceived that he was speaking about them but when they sought to lay hands on him they feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet come on they took him for a prophet this is very powerful to understand you that means messiah when said the prophet that's the messiah they took him as the messiah so they were highly threatened by this statement by this this preaching and teaching and the influencing it's how the people were looking at him. Okay, Jesus' message was political In if they don't change their ways destruction was coming. Okay, This is the, the context of what we're talking about. Jesus is not making a moral or religious statement but a political one in the highest order. Jesus is not simply implying or predicting punishment but as a leader of the kingdom of God is attempting to enact reform. He's calling for reformation. He's calling for a change. He's saying, change your system. That's why they said, by what authority do you do these things? That's important for you and I to understand. 2 Samuel 7, 12-14 says this, okay? When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you. Whom will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be to me a son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him, and the rod of men, and and with the blows of the sons of men. Truly messianic. This goes to show you the prophet, the people were perceiving, they were hearing correctly, the kingdom of God, the temple. Zechariah six, twelve through fifteen. And I'll close with this right here. Then speak to him, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold the man whose name is the branch. From him, from his place he shall branch out, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Yes, he shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall bear the glory, and sit and rule on this throne. So he shall be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. Now the elaborate crown shall be a memorial in the temple of the Lord for Halim, Tobijah, Jedidiah, and Han, the son of Zephaniah. Even those from the altar shall come and build the temple of the Lord. Then you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And this shall come to pass if you diligently obey my voice. So here we have the temple. We understand the temple. But we understand the political implications of political change. That there has to be reform. There has to be a turning back to God. There has to be, uh, um, I I would say, a, a, a repentance national repentance in order to restore proper temple worship. So again, I challenge you, reread this, re-look at this. Okay. As, you, as we're entering into this political system right now in our nation where we need to vote our faith, where we don't, don't sit in the place of neutral and say, well, you know, I really don't want to get politically involved. Jesus was a political leader. In fact, he was, a poli- he was he was a political leader from the kingdom of God coming into the system of the day and demanding change, what he would stand for and what he would not stand for. And it began to influence the nation. Ultimately, they used those words against him as blasphemy. However, we know there was prophetically spoken how he would he would die at the hands of sinful men. But again, this is how we must look at Jesus and the cleansing of the temple. The most provocative uh, action Jesus made politically was to attack the temple. And to cleanse the temple and reform the temple in the face of the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Herodians, and Caesar himself with the Roman soldiers. So I pray you, you enjoyed this. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon on Prophetic Whispers. And have a great day in Jesus' name. And remember, we must vote our faith. Bye-bye.